Hey Grinder, my name is Jacob, and in 2019, I miserably failed to achieve my goals. As a result, I set out to create a goal-oriented accountability group with my friends, Keaton and Ben. Our group has benefited so much from our weekly meetings that we decided we could not keep it to ourselves. This is Strictly Business, an accountability podcast composed of a dirty capitalist, a mountain climbing basketball coach, and an offbeat filmmaker who are actively seeking out the best ideas and strategies that aid us and you on our journey in accountability and the pursuit of personal success. Hello and welcome in, Grinders. We're back for another. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about willpower. Now, does that have anything to do with someone named Will or... Willpowers, yeah. Okay, willpowers, cool. That's where it, that's where it came from, yep. Really disciplined dude. Last week, we talked about adversity. So yeah, really, you know, guys, it all just uh, comes down to how are you looking at things? What's your perspective? Right, and I feel like when you're, when you're facing adversity, it requires a fair amount of willpower. Oh, nice. You're probably asking... Ben, was that you were asking me what is willpower? I was asking, yeah. Or who is willpower? Right. Willpower is the ability to control one's own actions, emotions, and urges. And to to really look into this, we uh, I did some research and did some found some case studies behind the science of willpower. And I'll be I'll be honest, grinder, I found. I found out that science is a freaking liar sometimes. And hopefully these case studies really bring to light how, uh, how little these scientists know. What we're trying to do this episode is dispel all belief in science completely. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You thought you knew science? Just you wait. We're about to blow your freaking gourd. Okay, so the first, the first case study I found was in 1998 by this dude named... Roy Baumeister, Baumeister, and he did it with his colleagues from the Western Reserve University. So this guy's a real schmuck. I'm sure he's actually a really smart guy, but probably brilliant. He really got this one wrong. He got this one wrong. So in 1998, he got together 67 participants, and they he put them into a room that smelled like that freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. You know the smell; it's delicious. And he showed half of them, he showed them the cookies, he showed all of them the cookies, and then half of them he forced to eat radishes, and the other half, he was like, you know what, you can eat the cookies. After, Wait, so he showed, them, he showed all of them cookies? And then right, he showed them all them the cookies, and radishes? they all could smell the cookies, and everyone like wanted the cookies, right? Because they're right, delicious. Right, yeah. And he's like, only half of you can eat them, the other half you have to eat radishes, which I've never had a radish. I'm sure they don't taste good. They're not that bad. Okay, but they're not freshly baked cookies, you know? No, no, no. It's a different experience. And there, there was like, when I was reading this case study, apparently some people were like looking longingly at the cookies, as you would. Like, you're like, I want those. Anyways, after that, everyone was given a unsolvable puzzle, which is cruel. And what they found is that the people who were allowed to eat the cookies lasted much longer than those who were forced to eat the radishes. Well, duh. And, well, you would think, yeah, Roy came out and was like, well, that's because their willpower was used up. There was used up by for, like not allowing themselves to eat the cookies. 
and they when they ate the radishes. So the people that was what they found. They found that if your willpower gets used up, you're not going to have as much of it. And for years, this is what every study was based off of. There was at least 1,200 other studies believing this. Until in 2006, a Texas A&M university ran another test. They were like, okay, willpower getting used up, but could it have just come from the sugar of the cookies? Was it that like sugar boost? And that, so they gave people lemonade and then once again have them, have them do those puzzles. And they found that it was glucose. So as they completed more and more of the puzzle, it was glucose that was getting drained from their system. So they're like, no, it's just because they had more sugar. So huh. disproving Roy and his theory that willpower just like you can use it up. They're like, no, it's just how much sugar you have. I wonder how Roy took that. Dude, I'm sure he, he wasn't happy. I'm sure he wasn't happy. I'm about sure he's it. turning sure he his grave pissed. right now. Right. Is he alive? He, I, we're going to have to. <laughs> we'll check. Keaton, will you like put in something here? Like Roy, unfortunately, has deceased. Or like, good news. He's alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Think about it. So. Right. You're like, oh, it's just glucose. That makes so much sense. Like, yeah, I eat sometimes. I, I'm, I'm hungry. And then once I eat, I feel better. No. Once again, these freaking scientists didn't know what they were talking about. And they're in lying to us yet again. They're lying to us again. Like, just tell us the truth, scientists. 2013 comes around. They're like, OK, let's do another test. They found this time. They're like, wait, maybe willpower isn't finite. Maybe it's not coming from glucose. Maybe like people just believe that because that's what Roy and all the science, science nerds have been telling us. So they had two people who, one group, they're like, hey guys, like and willpower is finite. Like j- just so you know, like we're gonna, just going to test how quickly it goes away. The other half, they're like, willpower, like we thought it was finite. It's not, like it's infinite. So the people who they told that it was infinite and the people they told they were finite, the people who thought that willpower was not finite did much lasted much longer so it was literally placebo and that all these scientists have been telling people the wrong thing for years and then where does that where where does that that put where does that put us so they were like okay so it's not glucose it's not getting used up it's literally just in our own heads and that's the last thing i found we don't know The, the the scientists who are so smart don't even know. They're just like, well, that was, everything we've tried has been disproven. We have no idea what willpower is, where it comes from. All we know is that it's not finite. But they don't know what, what causes it, how you have more of it. There's no so idea. Science lies and then goes silent. Silence lies and then it's just like, well, sorry, guys. Like, best of luck. Like, I hope you have willpower. Go silent, or there's like 70 mice as we speak, just like wheeling away, you know, Uh, wheeling away with the with the allure of a carrot in front of them. Well, I'd like to think that that's not happening. And I'd I'd like to think that they're waiting for people to come to them with some hypotheses. And I think it's strictly businesses responsibility to to bring some of these some of these hypotheses to light. This is our big shot. This is our big shot. The science to, community needs us. Keaton, time to put your bachelor's of science to use. 
I am a scientist, <laughs> but yeah. that might just dis- that might discount me. You know, we don't trust scientists right now. Science no. is a liar sometimes. Yeah, but that's true. We don't trust them, but I think if we point them in the right direction, I mean, who knows? They might, and they might just do something right for once. If I may interject, I just want to make sure that I'm clear on like the definition of willpower. So I'm right. kind of just thinking like maybe the classic example. You know, we're on a diet. We're trying to eat healthy. Uh, you know, we're eating salads, we're eating chicken breast with rice and, uh, and you know, green beans. And all of a sudden sure. the day comes and it's like, man, I really want to, you know, eat clean. I want to, you know, keep my macros to a certain level. And then Boomuary hits in Bellingham mm-hmm. and Boomer's Burgers has just unbelievable deals on their burgers. And I'm like, God, I really want a cheeseburger. Like, I really, really want a cheeseburger. I cave. I, my willpower essentially runs out at that point because I'm just over eating the chicken breast and rice and green beans. Is that kind of what we're talking about with willpower? Yeah. So it, I think it's not only, it's not only not allowing your things yourself to have things. It's also like, I'm going to go to the gym today because I want to. And like, but like forcing yourself to go or maybe it's like, I don't want to go today, but I'm, I'm going to go. I have a quick question too, Jacob. I'm curious if you found this out. And um, so when you were talking about the first study, the baseline study, right? Um, that every all the 1,200 other studies were based on, right? Um, so you said all these people smelled cookies, right? All these people saw cookies. Fifty percent of them ate radishes, and fifty percent of them ate mm-hmm. cookies. Yep. Did the fifty percent who ate radishes have the option to eat cookies? Because if no. they didn't have the they option, they that's where I'm like, is that actual willpower? I'm actually kind of mm. curious. Like they 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 weren't even allowed to have cookies. So how is that even willpower but, in the but, first place? But they were put in front of them and they had to say, No, I'm not going to eat those, even though they wanted to. But they weren't allowed to. I think it's still willpower. They were still like Like they could have said, Screw this study, I'm just gonna have a cookie. Yeah, I guess that would be the worst case. Like, I guess that would be willpower for sure. You wanted a cookie that bad, you just grab yeah, one. And they're just like, like Fuck you, you failed. Like, just bla- blast a cookie and just dip. Yeah. No, like, no, no, Keaton, knows. that's a picture. You can't eat the cookie. It's just a picture. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I have some other complaints about that study. Like the fact that it was 67 people. Like, that's statistically oh, significant. I mean,. I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's not very many people to be testing. Not that many people. For no. our uh, no. statisticians out there, that's N equals 67. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, man. It's been disproven so many times. Are we ever going to get the answer? Uh, that's what I we're, guess hoping that's kind to, of... we're hoping to, I guess, lead the charge on finding the answer, right? Presenting our own hypothesis right, right. now. And I know, I know that I talked to one of our grinder guests chase about it and he he and i came to some interesting conclusions i think willpower i don't think it's finite i don't think you have more of it in the morning than you have later in the day right like not that that can't be true but it's not just due to the passing of time you know mm. like i think a lot of times there's a lot of things that are easier to do later in the day when you first wake up in the morning you don't want to do them you know, that would imply that like waking up at eight in the morning and immediately getting on your homework would be easier to do than getting on your homework later at night. Not mm, true. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, it's not true. Um, so where do you think, where do you think it's coming from then? 
Like, what's something that requires a lot of willpower? Like, you actively think about having to use willpower to do it. Life in general, I'd say. I mean, there's just so many things that require willpower. I think that willpower, the idea that willpower depletes, I could see that being more true if you're having to do things that you don't have any desire or reason to do. Mm -hmm. For things that you are motivating yourself to do or trying to get yourself to do, I think it's much more about the reasons behind it. In addition to that, willpower is, I would speak for myself, and I would think this is true for most people, willpower is deeply, deeply linked to the daily habits that we have. That's not the only factor at play, but I can, I could say pretty confidently that my hypothesis would be that if you are tired, you will have less willpower. If you are mm. hungry, you will have less willpower. If you are bloated from eating terrible foods or anything else, you're going to have less willpower. Anything that makes you uncomfortable is probably, without an extremely justifiable reason, is probably just going to reduce your willpower. For me, I think willpower comes from the like the passion. Like you have to really want something to like maintain consistent willpower. So I think that's I think even more than like how tired you are or like how well you've been eating, I think if you're like passionate enough about something, then willpower will will be there for you. I would agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes it's like there's kind of an interesting curve. Like maybe the first time to the gym is not that hard because you're like more excited to get into this new right. thing. But eventually, <laughs> right. yeah, you're going to hit a point where you're kind of don't want to go. Maybe two weeks in, three weeks in, whatever. And I'd say if you power through that, you start building the habit. Eventually, by getting those reps in. It's not going to be as hard in the future to go to the gym. It's going to be something where it's more like a habit than it is something that you're having to exert willpower to do. Mm. I also I also have another or not really an idea but normally things if you have something that is you're having that you truly do want that you're having trouble going through with like, let's say you like eating sugary foods and you're trying to stop eating sugary foods and you're going to have to, if, if your house is full of sugary foods, you're going to be constantly being reminded that you want sugary foods and then having to exert willpower to not act on that, right? Right. If you remove the sugary foods from your house, yes, you're still having to exert willpower to not eat the sugary foods, but you're not being reminded constantly which is refreshing that moment in your brain where you're like, I want sugar. And then you're like, no, I want sugar. No, you know, if you don't have a bunch of reminders, then chances are the amount of times throughout your day that you're going to be have that you're going to be tempted and have to overcome that temptation, AKA exert willpower are going to decrease. So a lot of times you can create strategies to set yourself up for success. Isn't that the the argument that it's finite though? If you're having to like, because if you have it's if it's the thing of like, you have willpower or you don't. That's a great point. Unfortunately, it's in insanely cliche, but it's a good metaphor for a lot of things. But I think it's like a muscle. 
basically saying that if I'm working my chest for a day, if I work it a little bit each day, over time it's going to increase in strength, right? But if I just like literally spend seven hours straight one day working chest, it's going to take multiple days. First of all, the next day my chest is basically going to be unusable. If you are basically completely massively overloading your willpower, as in you're leaving a bunch of sugary treats everywhere, you're tempting yourself constantly, right? That's the equivalent of doing that seven-hour chest workout where if you can do everything you can to reduce temptation, right? But still it's going to exist, right? But you can deal with that. You can deal with the smaller amount. And then what do you know? The next day, your willpower isn't just completely depleted. And I know that, you know, it's kind of going back to the the willpower being a finite resource. It's like a numbers game, right? Like maybe it's not getting depleted, but you're like, there's a percentage chance each time you're going to, you're going to fail. And you keep just putting those chances in front of you, you're going to fail eventually. Perfect. Dude. I think if you're on on your game with like other habits that you have passion for, it's easier to do the things you're not as excited about. So that I think that's kind of my look at it. So like something I'm really good at is waking up every morning and like doing my Duolingo. So like by doing that, that makes my next task of like doing yoga in the morning something that I'm like, I don't know. It's easy for me to skip, but if I'm like on my game and I do my Duolingo right when I wake up, it's so much easier for me to do my yoga. So I think that willpower kind of builds willpower and I think it starts from passion. Succeeding at willpower builds willpower. Failing at willpower depletes willpower. Mm. I would say. Stop wasting time pursuing things you're not passionate about. Because pursuing things you're less passionate about, we've essentially agreed that succeeding at willpower increases your willpower, like a compounding effect. Right. And failing at willpower decreases it in a compounding effect. So you would want to, if we know that the thing that determines your likelihood of succeeding at willpower activities is your passion for them, then the math there would be that you got to stop trying to do things you're not passionate about. Hmm. But I, I, that's not, that can't, not everyone can do that. The world is imperfect. I mean, who told us that we, that we get to have infinite willpower, you know, like we, that can be the truth. And in, in the frame of willpower, and then it can also be true that not everybody gets to pursue that. An activity that you are not passionate about intrinsically, like the activity itself in a vacuum you're not passionate about, can right. become something you're passionate about because it's a means to an end. Hmm. What, what, uh, what would you say your relationship with willpower is? It's hot and cold, man. Hot and cold? It's hot and cold. I mean, it's, uh, you know... I mean, it's kind of like if you were stuck on an island with somebody else, right? Maybe you're stuck on an island with somebody you really don't like. Mm. If you're there for 100 years, like, eventually you're just going to have to figure out how you and that person can get along, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like that with you and yourself. Like, willpower is kind of that person on the island where it's like, look, man, we can fight. We can argue. We can butt heads. We're not going anywhere. So at what point are we just going to decide to actually stop 
complaining and stop being like, meh, or whatever. And, uh, and just work out what our relationship is and how we can make this work. And I think that's a lifelong thing. I don't think that's something where it's like, you know, one Saturday I decided to get in touch with my willpower. Like, that could help. But I think it's something that you deal with your entire life. I would say, what is my relationship with willpower? I will, like, kill the willpower game for, like, three weeks in a row. And then there will be, like, a week where I'm just like, meh. Like, I'm just not going to have any good willpower. And then it's kind of, like, a full-on, like, reset. And then I just, like, start the, the cycle over. But I'm not, like, constantly killing the game. And, like, I think there are people out there that have found a way to constantly kill the game. And I'm not sure... I don't know, man. How they're doing it? At what point do you just get away from being a human? Like, at what point... I right. mean, obviously, we live in a capitalist society, so... But... What about, like, what about like CEOs of companies? Like, well, how are they... They're mostly how freaks, How are they man. performing at such a high level all the time? Freaks? Yeah. Incredible passion. I guarantee you there's yeah. not a single CEO out... Well, you know, I can't speak for smaller companies and stuff, but... I mean, Jeff Bezos... Any interview you have you can look up with him going back to the start of Amazon, he is, like, on crack with enthusiasm for Amazon, right? Right. Elon Musk, the dude, yeah, he, he can't stop. He, like, he. I've heard him even describe it as, like, it's almost like exercising demons. Like, he's got all of these ideas, right? He's kind of a super genius. But um, I don't, yeah, how could you become a CEO without being just, dumb passionate about that company i yeah i don't think you can brings it back to what you said man i really think that was a very insightful point that willpower is almost completely directly tied to passion so to hack to hack willpower you have to find things you're passionate about and then i think once you're passionate about them you set those like you set those goals around them so then you can hack your brain into doing things you don't want to do as long as it's relating towards that thing you're passionate about yep 100 that's the, that's and, the theory so science try to science remove nerds out there go go test that theory somehow i don't i don't know how but science you've got the, you've science got the theory people. out there nah man i i feel like it's a pretty insightful conversation to be honest yeah i liked this format yeah this is nice just kind of riff yeah i i think we're gonna try to do okay we need to stop recording but um Okay, stop. How do you know that's true? Dude, you know? Because if I, like I the, say. The people are going to, the scientists are going to come knocking on your you door apart, saying, Jacob. like. No, no, here's the thing. I, that's my theory. And now I need the scientists to come prove me wrong because that's apparently what you do in science. You just are like, you put out some bold faced lie and you're like, freaking poop, prove me wrong. Keaton, you hear that? Ball's in your court now. It's up to you. Yeah, prove me wrong, Keaton. It's not my department. Mean. You know, I am a scientist, but it's not my department. See, we I come from a highly structured society of professionals. Um, it's just not the way it goes. There's a lot of red tape. Right. So I we need someone to come out and do an experiment and then credit strictly business right. based on our findings. Well, not our findings, but our theories. Me me and Jacob being the artists that we are, I don't think we're qualified <laughs> to run the experiments no. on this. But Keaton, if you want to run an experiment. Yeah, I, I might do. I might do that, um, especially if we can get some funding from any of our potential sponsors. It's really interesting that you came up with that, Jacob. Uh, I just, you know, came off of a nice quality conversation with Ren, who's a 
she's sitting in her room in Hawaii and I can literally see the shadow of a palm tree on her wall blowing in the breeze. It really properly pissed me off. But uh, <laughs> science has a they've science has handed the task over to us to figure it out. And there's a lot of money on the line here, so I'm really hoping that we can get to the bottom of it here. All right, a lot of pressure. Yeah, because I know what you're going to ask first, and I'm excited to answer it. Okay, so Ren, do you have a theory on how willpower works? It's not what I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were going to ask you <laughs> me like what I thought willpower like even was. And I was going to say you should just go watch John Wick because when I saw willpower, I was like, oh, that is so just like all that's the entire movie is just his fucking willpower, just like killing people. Ren, has anybody ever told you that you spoil movies? Yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know. Bitch. Okay, to, in my defense, it's not a new movie. There, are, there are three of them. At the end of like, or the twist at the end of the sixth sense, sixth sense was like common knowledge. Do you know yeah. what it? Yeah, and and what, I said, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like yeah. common knowledge, and so I said something. About that in the car, my brother apparently didn't know. I'm like, you're 26. And that movie came out, <laughs> what, in the 80s? Grow up. So, anyway. I, to- anyway. I, told, you I, derail- I told you I was going to derail your conversation. But I feel like we have to first separate willpower from motivation. I think those are two different hmm. things. Because motivation makes it easier to do things. Whereas, hmm. to me, willpower is under the context of I don't want to do this but I'm going to so I think that it's almost like a mental exercise that has to be strengthened over time I don't know if you really want to do something that doing it it doesn't involve willpower at all you just do it whereas like okay I actually need to read these 55 pages before tomorrow so, I don't know, I almost think that it has to do also with incentive and consequence. Incentive and consequence, huh? Yeah. That's what I thought of. I don't know if that's completely, like, off topic and if that's, like, a whole other thing, but I think that, I don't know, yeah, willpower is, like, being so determined that you do something even if you don't necessarily want to. Yeah, interesting. So, like, how do you think it relates to consequence, you know? You kind of mentioned consequence. Hey, if you don't read these 55 pages, odds are you're going to get cold called and you're going to look like an idiot in front of your entire class and your professor. That's, that is you know the way I mean? it works. If you don't do your homework, you do get called on in class. Yeah. So like even those days <laughs> where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think there's also like, I think there's definitely a limited amount of willpower for each day, but sometimes you can like dig deep and find more so the way I do that personally when it comes to classwork is okay you are just done like okay I have nothing left to give give 15 more minutes and then you're done just do 15 more and then you can be done even if you only read one page at least you read that one more page so that's at least how I kind of think about it that's interesting I I could be totally butchering the numbers here Mm-hmm. But at least the the you know the sentiment is there, and I think the Navy SEALs have this rule where it's like the eighty twenty rule, and I think it basically means like if you're doing push ups, as soon as you think you can't do it, 
you can you have 20 percent more in you so if you're doing 100 push-ups and right, at 80 you're right. like i'm done they're like no you have 20 more like you do pure yeah. and simple yeah yeah huh okay so that's kind of like that 15 more minutes thing you know it's like mine's hey, just much more academic because i can't even do 20 push-ups so yeah. <laughs> and that's not willpower that's the fact that i am weak I it's belong at Weenie Hut Juniors. <laughs> you know, lo- lawyers don't do push-ups; they push pencils. Yeah, nobody who uses pencils anymore. I personally haven't like in, when I was learning about willpower. Like they never mentioned anything about other variables that play into it. Like for instance, if I just I just go crazy and you know hit the hit the bars on the weekend, I wake up the next day and I'm hungover. <laughs> Like the most willpower I'm going to muster that day is like to get out of bed and get some saltines. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, little Pedialyte. That's, that's hard. Like, so yeah. I'm wondering, like, I, I feel like willpower is so complicated. Maybe that's why we're back to square one because there's all these outside influences. And on top of like physical ailments, like a hangover or you're sick, um, I feel like, you know, the health, the health of your sleep, like the quality of your rest. Um, and I also feel like mental health even plays a big deal in, in willpower. And, and one thing that you had mentioned earlier was that I think you, I think to kind of quote you, you said willpower is something to like build up over time. I think it's a discipline, honestly. So I think it really honestly also depends on how you're raised because Hmm. if you are, handed everything in life and have never had to work for anything how would you ever be able to strengthen or figure out how much willpower you have whereas like if you've if you've worked your whole life and had to you know um make it yourself you know usually it's like an endurance it's an endurance it's not a sprint it's a it's a long race so i think that i think it also is if it's like nature versus nurture i think that it I think sure some people probably are predisposed to have more willpower, but I think it's more of a nurture thing. I think it's how you're raised. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, because I was actually having a conversation with somebody a long time ago. <clears throat> so I kind of accidentally started thinking about willpower. And I was thinking it specifically in the context of addiction. It's like this cycle and so many people go through it. And wh- what I, I guess what I was thinking about, what happens if you say you're quitting and you actually quit? My great uncle, um, he, his name is Harry and he basically, he went to the doctor at one point and they told him if you don't stop smoking and drinking, like you're going to die. And he was like, cool. And then he went to like AA and then he never, and then he lived another like 20, 25 years. Wow. And he didn't die from anything having to do with like lung cancer or alcohol because he literally just was like, oh, I don't want to die. OK. The stakes were high. Yeah, he was like he was full on addicted to both. Do you know if he had a history of trying to quit? No, he didn't. He he had never tried to quit before because, I mean, this was back like forever ago where it wasn't a big right. deal. You know, everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. smoked, everybody drank. And um, he was in the army. He was in the Airborne. And um, he actually so this is my grandfather's brother. And so I never met him. This is because he fought in World War II. This is how long ago this was. Yeah. Like He served under Patton. Like he was, that was him. And so, I mean, the, all those guys, you know, and they come back with trauma and shit. And so, which is completely understandable. And then are forced to, you know, try to 
reacclimate to normal life. And so, yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, it had never been like an issue before. So, no, he never tried to quit. And then, yeah, then the doctor was like, you're going to die. And he's like, don't want that. If if you tell yourself you're quitting and on your first go, you quit for two months. That's pretty impressive. Like, let's be honest. Like, yeah, but but you double back and you relapse. Well, you might you might look at that and say, like, OK, I I seriously did that for two months. Like that was hard, but I, I got mm-hmm. through it like the first couple weeks were the hardest got through it. And I know I can do this now. Like, I don't even know why I screwed up in the first place. But if you tell yourself you're quitting and you relapse like seriously the next day. Are you at that point even taking yourself seriously? Because I, I kind of feel like you create this like feedback loop of previous successes, like kind of like what you're saying of building it up. Well, if you say you're quitting weed and you say that every week, every fucking week and you keep doubling back, are you even taking yourself seriously at that point? Like, are you even acknowledging that that's something you actually want to quit or is it something that you're just saying? Have you completely lost touch with that or have you completely depleted your confidence in your ability to quit in the first place because you've proven yourself wrong so many times? Living in the moment in a way that sets you up for the best life in the future. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. Hmm. So I think that relapsing with addiction, and this is something that I have never struggled with. So I cannot say this with any personal conviction, but I think it's very much of a, you can either live in the moment for instant gratification, or you can look to what's going to set you up in the future. Last season on the podcast, when we were kind of reading through Atomic Habits, that was something he talked about. He talked about a friend of his who, when he met him in like Vietnam or something, he was just like a pack or two pack a day smoker. And he just never thought, never thought twice about it. I can't remember what the book is called, but there's this book out there that is like infamous among smokers. And it's like just a really great book to quit. Um, and what that book does is it has you focus it really has you and he the author even tells you he's like you can smoke while you read this i don't give a shit like by the end of this book you're gonna hate that you're smoking and the idea is really to shift shift your perspective of like what that is to you so rather than saying i am a smoker and this is why it makes me feel good it makes me feel relaxed you need to start saying i'm not a smoker and this is why they make me smell like shit they damage my lungs they're reducing my life expectancy and so it's really about shifting your focus on like what that is and why you're doing it or why you're trying to quit. And uh, I think that that's something that's hard to stay in touch with. Like if you're addicted to weed or whatever, you know, then if you quit and you find yourself having cravings, rather than saying, well, if I smoke it, I'm going to sit on the couch and eat too many snacks. You're like, oh, like I love, I love weed. (laughs) Like It'll make me feel (laughs) relaxed. I miss that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I feel like that can really like, I feel like the implementation of your willpower is going to look very different depending on those perspectives. Well, I think the amount of willpower you're able to exert is also going to look really different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So with school, like you mentioned, like, are you obviously you're in it to graduate and get a career as a lawyer, financial security, all that stuff. But are you motivated to be like a fucking kick ass lawyer? Like, are you, is, is that something as well? Like, are you just motivated to be the best lawyer you can be? Or are you kind of just motivated to get out there and get, make a living? 
It's a really good question. I think um, it depends on what day you ask me. Because <laughs> um, some days I'm like, you know what, I just want to pass and like, let's just like, let's just make sure we can keep going. Um, and then some days, yeah, it's like, okay, I want to be, yeah, I want to be a kick-ass lawyer. Um, I think it's, for me, a healthy mix of the two. It's dense paperwork. It's boring. It's learning a lot of stuff that you really don't need to know the information. You're just training your brain, which is kind of a depressing thought. Um, (laughs) and it's being in, for those girls out there listening, it's still a very male dominated career that is difficult to, you know, like get into. And it's also really difficult as a woman to be heard and respected and then taken seriously. So I think that also like there are all these challenges that come with it that um, you have to be determined to overcome and you have to have some sort of motivation for that other than, you know, wanting to be a kick-ass lawyer. You know, you have to like that's because you can be a kick-ass anything you want. So I think that you have to have something deeper, like you have to have something else riding on the line for in my opinion, that's just uh, my perspective and that's where I'm at personally. Um, like my, to me, like my life is riding on the line of this career as far as like finances and security. So I was watching, uh, the newer season of Rick and Morty recently and Rick just said something like these people were just hating on him. And he was like every, he said something like every breath I take without your permission bolsters my confidence or something like that. And I was like, he says it really aggressively. And I was like, damn, that's like a really stupid, but like profound thing. Yeah, that he just said, and I, I, I guess thinking about it that way, comparing a life of low effort and a life of perceived failure to a life of high effort and perceived success, do you feel more confident? Like I would, I would, I would say that you're on the latter, you know, high effort and a path of success. And do you think you're more confident for that? And do you think that, that will aid your willpower moving forward? Versus uh, having never even tried law school in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, those things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, though. Do you think we figured it out? Like, do you think we can go back to science and say, hey, like, project complete? Or no? No. No. Damn it. Probably not. Well, I mean, I think there's <sighs> a lot more to, to dig through. Hey, you know what? Maybe combined with the other two groups, we can we can form some sort of hypothesis yeah that would be nice do you see it as a do you see it as a guiding light for what you actually want to do and what you actually don't want to do no not at all i think it's a swift kick in the ass yeah i don't think it's something that you look towards i think it's something that pushes you from behind huh good one damn you should have said that in the start we wouldn't even have to talk any longer that was (laughs) that was it you just nailed it you just (laughs) encompass this whole conversation in uh, just a beautiful visual statement yeah maybe it's more art than science and just different to every person <laughs> who knows dude i don't <laughs> I, all i know all i the one thing i know boys is that science is a liar sometimes <laughs> one thing that me and sam talked about kind of goes into one point that i was about to make is let's keep in mind through all this that willpower is just a word that's assigned to some abstract concept, right? So what is actually behind willpower 
is really diff. Like I think it's a a smorgasbord of different things, right? And so uh, one thing we and off that one thing we and Sam discuss goes right in line with what Ren and Keaton discuss, which is the value of motivation and kind of like you said, Jacob, passion towards willpower. Almost the willpower for a certain thing being a good barometer of like what your your level of passion is for something. Like right. the fact, like like me and Jacob, I could watch basketball film and dissect it for way longer than Jacob could. Just because that's where my passion lies. I'm more motivated in that field. Along with that is going back to my words spiel is we talked about how closely connected willpower and restraint are. And I think could be even just used hand in hand with each other. I was trying to think of uh, willpower in the sense of like doing something by like creating like the willpower to like sit down and record or whatever. But uh, yeah. also like the willpower to be like, you know what? I don't need to purchase more VHS right now. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I is that. And I guess that kind of. So it's like, like the willpower like, to not, you know? Yeah. And like, I feel like willpower and restraint kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> if there's something I am like, all right, Sam, like you gotta do this or like you, you should be trying to do this. And yeah. then I never do it. Then I'm like, I might do it once in like a month, like, like, like recording or something. And then like, but then I also kind of, realized well like maybe that's not where my energy is so like maybe i shouldn't be like worrying about that <laughs> yeah i almost feel like uh that's a something goals has helped with me because i would always say have these things i wanted to do mm-hmm. but i wouldn't like write them down or make a note of it i would just like in my head be like i want to do that and then i would realize after a little bit like maybe after a few weeks or a month or two months like oh sh- yeah i forgot i wanted to do that at one point in my life and i didn't do it at all I still want to do that. And then it would just like repeat like that. You yeah. Know what I'm saying. And so goals kind of helped because you mentioned kind of like, like realizing something you want to do that you haven't been doing. Like maybe it's not that important to you. Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like <clears throat> goals helped with that because I'd write it, I'd write down a goal, say clean my truck week after week after week. And then I wouldn't clean it week after week. This is not pointed in any way, Sam. Uh, and I would realize maybe after a while that maybe cleaning my truck isn't that important to me. Like maybe it's not a priority. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, uh, actually some of the reason why I'm like hesitant to make certain things goals because, um, I don't, it's like something that rather than being like, I'm going to set out to do that. It's just going to, it's like, maybe this is like semantics, but like, it's just something I'm going to do. If that makes sense right now, I've, it, it, it's weird because right now I feel like is a time where I could be super productive because I have so much free time, but I just feel so like limited with whatever, what, what I'm able to do externally in the world um, that I feel like there's not enough variation. So it kind of cuts that willpower off because I just feel like I'm so limited right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it it vaguely makes sense. So, like, why do you think... No, like, but I just want to, like, understand why. Like, why do you think your willpower drops because you're so limited? Um... Like, why... It's Because it seems like the motivation to do things lessens because of the limitations. Mm-hmm. When, like, are are there still things that you're able to do, but you just feel less motivated to do them 
because of just everything else going on? That, but just is kind of like, I I just feel like there's no motivation to do those things. It just feels like kind of not pointless. Like it would be good to do them, but just kind of like, uh, like not nothing's going to really come from that, I guess. Um, which is maybe just a, a bad way of looking at it. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't necessarily like, like my, like my brain logically would be like, is like, no, that like will be good to do those things. Um, but then when I'm in this on the spot, it's kind of like, uh, something I, I keep saying, and I, I hope I'm not relying on as a, as like a thing to fall on and using it as an excuse. But I feel like right prior to the pandemic beginning, I finally, I was doing a lot of like internal work and I feel like I was just beginning to um, like really break those things down and move away from them. And in it, it they dealt more with like the external world, um, how my internal reacted to the external, if that makes sense. And as soon as I was like finally reaching that point, uh, that was when the external world's like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta stay inside right now. I'm afraid of regressing into my old ways. And I feel like I have to an extent, but I also haven't had the really had the option to challenge them because I can't even access the external world really. <laughs> so it's kind of like a weird, a weird place to be in. How do you feel about your goals and your willpower to farm goals and uh, are you doing all the things you want to be doing? I, uh, ideal or idealistically, I like to think that, inf- that willpower is infinite and I don't know what blocks us from, or at least blocks me from tapping into that infinity, that in- infinite universe of willpower. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, once again, I, I told you about six months ago where I would like, you know, I, I would say just make the right choice every single day. I think like burnout is definitely real. And if burnout is real, maybe that means that willpower is not infinite because burnout is the limiting factor of willpower potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess I don't really know, but I like to think that it's infinite. And the reason I like to think that is because, you know, looking at willpower as a mental thing, right? Like <clears throat> physically, I can only run so far before my body just can't go any further. Mm-hmm. But mentally, I like to think that I guess I like to think that it's infinite. And I think for me, I think the to get over the limiting factor of burnout, motivation needs to be high enough to get over that. So I think willpower is infinite, but motivation is not. Right. Willpower over time is much more infinite. Like, I feel like I oftentimes reach where I want to be or need to be, but it takes me far too long to get there. But like that willpower is there and then I do get there. And all the reasons that it took me so long to get there, I don't know if, I, if those were necessary or if it's just me being, like, stubborn or something or, like, fearful. Right. But I feel like I do get to where I need to be eventually. And we talked about restraint mm-hmm. and how restraint and willpower are pretty, pretty dang similar, especially in this context. But, like, how would you relate your willpower to, like quitting smoking and and knowing that you don't want to smoke for physiological reasons, but still obviously having that temptation or having that lack of restraint or restraint in some cases as it relates to not smoking. Yeah. Well, I love smoking. Like I, 
I love it. Like, yeah, uh, I get that. I love it. The only thing I don't like about it is that it kills you and makes you right. your lungs, you know. Suck. And before it kills you, it inhibits your normal function and abilities. Yeah, and and then so it's more the like. I don't know. It's more like the like not wanting to change things while also being like this makes things better when in in reality there's not too many aspects of life it makes better. <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. No, I understand. Except for in that moment. Yeah, and there's kind of some like I don't know. I feel like there's some like uh like Im- image imagery that goes well with smoking, but like you know, like driving True. across the country and smoking yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. I but, definitely smoked a cigar on my road trip last year, blasting the doors, driving through the desert. Yeah, and like that that's <laughs> like a nice image and it's fun and it feels good. Just like yeah. having like a drink or something, but like Right, yeah. But you can still have that experience without the cigarette and you know. I always you know, I wanted to stop or at least limit my smoking when I lived with you and Dylan, but you know, living with you and Dylan, there was always like cigarettes around and it was just, you know, it was made you feel so good. And especially in certain situations, it was really nice. And, uh, number one, you know, so my willpower didn't do too well in that case or in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, but like number one, when you and Dylan moved out, it became a lot easier, but I still had a lot of your tobacco left over that you gifted us. So I still had tobacco around, mm-hmm. but I, people weren't smoking it as often. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind to a large degree. But what I really found was I did like a Khan Academy anatomy and physiology course at the start of Corona. Mm-hmm. And I learned about the lung function functioning. And when I like learned about like, just really how delicate a lot of our body's processes are. Um, and specifically like the lungs and all that kind of stuff. I like immediately, and not to say I still don't like crave smoking or like enjoy smoking when I do, but I immediately was like less attracted to, to wanting to smoke hmm. because I was like more aware, I guess of what it actually does inside my body. And so my point in all this is like, I found when like, when the motivation, going back to motivation, when the motivation to stop was higher because I, I w- had a better grasp on what the damage was because, you know, lung cancer is such an abstract concept to a young mid 20 year old. Yeah. Um, but when I actually like had knowledge of what it was doing right then and there, my motivation was raised to stop it and my willpower or restraint was much higher. When have you found you've you've been most successful with not smoking? Uh, well, greatest failure is just like being like, I know I should quit, but I don't want to. So I'm not gonna, because even though I know this is bad for me, I'm not going to. It's like giving into that, the quick fix. Yeah. And it was like, all right, well, I haven't really like smoked a cigarette in a long time. So there's that. And then, so I had like a few days or like five days or something where I was, I might've went a week. And then I was like, well, I'll just have like. I'll just get like a one. I'll just buy one Swisher Sweet because like I couldn't overpower it. And then lately, I've just been smoking cigars, which I'm like that was not part of the plan. <laughs> right. Um. So like right now, I have half of a cigar, and I'm not gonna go into town tonight. Uh, I have everything I need, so I'm not gonna go into town tonight. I'm gonna smoke it tonight. I know it. <laughs> uh, but then after tonight, I I'm gonna try to have a. 
just it, it it's always just like an overcoming thing in the moment really do you think you're capable of going this next week without smoking i think so and what what would it take to get you to go this week without smoking do you think I'll get coffee and then I'm like driving, driving past the gas station. I'm like, oh, I'm going to I could buy a cigar or I could not. And then I usually just go like, oh, fuck it. And I pull in and yeah. I'm like, it's only like a dollar or something. Yeah. And then and then it just it's just all I need to do is just resist that and just know that as I'm driving out that I won't buy any. And, and one other thing, I don't know if this is relevant to it, but. There, there's something I don't think this makes it better or in like I would not like to keep doing this, but, it, you know, with like cigarettes or like a jewel, it's nicotine fixed throughout the day. And with a cigar, it's every it's uh, like it's once a night, which like right. I don't know if it I'm not saying it's better. Like, I don't know how much like one Swisher Sweet equates to like how many right. cigarettes or a jewel or whatever, but it, it is like here I went the whole day without smoking and now I just smoked once at night. So it's not better, but it's a in a in a sense feels a little more successful. You're less consistently dependent on it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I have been becoming more dependent on it on like a nightly basis, which I'm like, right. I'm not I trying to smoke cigars. <laughs> Willpower is a bitch. Can you expand on that? Motivation, the motivation is 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 hard to find. Motivation for doing the things that. I either want to be doing or think I should be doing is is oftentimes hard to find. My main like thing is I guess is I've I've really never analyzed like willpower and motivation um in my own life that much. I just sit there being like fuck, I hate that. Uh but to analyze it might help me come to a, a new conclusion on what is my best approach to it. So So anyway, so I think uh that's kind of what we talked about is just like how much motivation plays into willpower into the level of willpower um as well as just like how closely connected willpower and restraint are i think on top of restraint though there's also forcing yourself to do things that you know you like a good few in the long term and you want to do but right. don't want to do in the moment so it's like even on top of restraint trying to think of a word for it but i don't have one yeah, willpower. Listen, listen, you're, probably, grinding. you're probably you're probably screaming at me right now. You're like, Jacob, this is the grinding. Limit, grinding. It's the grind. Yeah, that's yeah. And so, tell me, grinders, wh- what is our main takeaway from today? Right. So, I think I've got a message for two different groups of people. The first is to all the scientists that listen to our podcast. We just gave you a bunch of sweet theories and hypotheses to go test, so go get to that and, you know, give us credit. Second, to our listener, we here at Strictly Business hope that this has prompted you to think a little bit more deeply about willpower, Uh, and we encourage you to put some thought into what it means to you, um, because I personally believe that it's different to everyone, and uh, to really harness it, you need to understand how it works for you. That's what I learned. Keaton, what do you have any do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Um first of all, I think the next time that we want to like write hypotheses, we should we should honestly before we insult the scientists so much, we should probably make sure we're writing appropriate hypotheses ourselves. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh you know, framing it in a way that the sci- you know, in the scientist language. I think that would be really 
Great. So maybe like zeros and ones. Scientists, or I know we've insulted you, but we have to take, you know, credit for our own downfalls, and that's one of them. But secondly, to compliment what Jacob said, I think willpower is it's a really hard thing to just define it as, uh, you know, one quality across your entire life. It's a very contextual thing, and. Uh, you know, it might be worth reflecting on what you're actually trying to achieve and if you're too married to a certain result, maybe releasing that expectation of that result might help you get creative with ways to exercise your willpower that you actually have every day. That's beautiful. Thanks. Also, thank you, Ben, for playing us out. I think this is uh, you, ben. Sam Harley. Penguins? I'm pretty sure. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this was our episode about willpower. It was Michael Hurley, Penguins, for those of you. Yeah, I, I said Penguins. I did, thought it was Sam Harley or something. For listening. Damn. Nice. Yeah, good job, Jacob. Yeah. Dude, so good. I really like... Um, let me go to the album. I, was I really like it. Be Kind to Me. My favorite song But I, I do like Penguins a little bit more. Yeah. Armchair boogie, for anyone who's that was a quick that was a quick sidebar conversation that we just had. <laughs> yeah, this and is where we wrap up the episode. As you can see, our, our willpower to stay on topic is dwindling, <laughs> and we're still we're still exploring the answers. Shit, maybe it is finite. Who knows? We don't know. Is it truly dwindling though? I don't trust science anymore. No. I, I it's breached my trust, and so I'm having trouble coming back to it. Uh, listen, if you guys have listened to this episode and you are enjoying the show, please know that you can send us an email. Uh, you could share your stories about your own accountability group or share what you're excited about based on the topics we're speaking of. You can find links to our social media down in the show notes. The music at the start and the end of the show is done by the rhetorician. And beyond that, we hope you come back next week and we hope you have been thinking more critically about how willpower relates to you in your life. Keaton, what's the name of the rhetorician song that's at the end? That is Wave Running. Wave Running. Is that on Spotify? It is on Spotify. It's on his first album. Uh, it's called NTMW, aka Native Tongue Meets the New Wave. Cool. Sick. Problems go running from me. Expression taking all my money.